Boozehound Entertainment proudly presents Sounds on Vinyl, the show that celebrates collecting and listening to vinyl. And now, here are your hosts, Mike, Bill, and Soren. Hey, welcome to the Sounds on Vinyl show. My name, as always, is, well, you know my name. And from across the pond, I've got two co-hosts. That's going to be Mike and Soren. Guys, how the hell's it going over there in the land of Vikings where you guys Very drink well. from the it's horns? Good. And Oh, it's good. It's go. good, man. It's going so good. Yeah. Awesome. Drinking out of the horns and having having a lot of fun. That's right, man. That's what it's all about. Drinking out of the horns and spinning records. That's what it's all about. That's life <laughs> That's right there. We're actually <laughs> spinning records with a horn. Oh, oh, wow, oh, kicking it up oh, a notch. Wow, oh, all right. Oh my God. Nice. Nice. Damn. All right, well, this week we are picking up where we left off last week, talking about the epic vinyl covers that you can go ahead and collect and the differences between the different pressings and all that good stuff. And with that, I think I'm going to hand it over to Soren because he's got a, a really epic record he's going to talk about next. Oh, thank you so much, Bill. Uh, well, the the idea of this these uh, couple of episodes on covers is 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 just to to you know to tell people what kind of of uh, covers they might uh, encounter when they go crate digging. Uh, the differences between covers we've seen uh, we've seen uh, albums uh, released uh, in different countries with uh, different covers. Uh, we've seen loads of stuff, uh, and I thought today's show would be. The start for today's show uh, would be to show uh, one of the real classics. Um, this is probably an album that's familiar to to most of our listeners and viewers uh, out there. This is the uh, the debut album uh, by Black Sabbath, um, originally released in 1970 on uh, Vertigo uh, album, uh, Vertigo Records. Sorry, uh, and it's a standard gatefold um, gatefold album uh, with. You know, Black Sabbath written inside and uh, in a sleeve uh, in, in Vertigo logo and all that. The story behind uh, the next album I'm going to show you, because that's also uh, that's also a copy of the first Black Sabbath uh, album, just not released on Vertigo. Uh, because when Black Sabbath uh, was uh, signed to Vertigo Records, we're going to say that Vertigo Records, Records uh, was owned by Philips. And Philips also had uh, a label called Fontana, uh, and and they were kind of uh, they had different purposes. These labels, uh, Vertigo, was supposed to be this hip, uh, hard rocking, uh, bit psychedelic uh, music for for the younger kids uh, uh, in here in the, in the very late sixties, early seventies. And Fontana uh, was was a label designed. More to sort of uh, light entertainment and uh, pop music and you know that sort of uh, that sort of stuff, bit broader uh, kind of musical uh, musical spectrum than uh, than Vertigo. But when Black Sabbath was signed to to Vertigo, there was a bit of uh, the, there was a bit of negotiation about whether Black Sabbath should be put out on Fontana or Vertigo. Uh, and actually, from the very very first you know, in the first days after they were signed, they were actually meant to be put out on Vertigo. Oh, sorry, on Fontana. That's the whole, the whole, pay, the whole point of all this story. <laughs> they were supposed to be put out on, on Fontana, but, but of course that changed uh, to Vertigo Records. But in Australia, 
where Philips also uh, Philips w- was a huge um, record company, they still are. Um, they didn't have a distribution yet for vertical records in Australia, so they decided to put out Black Sabbath uh, on Fontana in Australia. Oh. Uh, and I believe also, I don't know, there the one South American country. I don't, not sure if it's. Uruguay or Brazil? Uh, I'm not sure, but but uh, this was actually uh, released on Fontana in 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 Australia, and and this is a quite a rare uh, copy. I mean, you might find it, of course, in if you live in Australia, uh, but uh, outside of Australia, it's it's very rare. I bought this uh, in Australia from a guy in Australia who sent it to me. Of course, I didn't go to Australia, but but if you look at here, you'll see the blue Fontana. Uh, label. Mm. It also has slightly different track listing than the UK version, um, and it's a very, very interesting record. Now, this is a very thin record. I mean, most records are, you know, 140 grams up until 200 grams. Today, most albums are 180 grams, but this is actually very thin, very light. Um, I haven't weighed it, but I would probably think it's about 120. 114, 120 grams uh, vinyl. But I got to tell you, it sounds incredible. It really does. Um, and also the, the sleeve here is a bit, is a bit wobbly, a bit wobbly, not as thick and, and sturdy as, as the UK one. And, and also uh, a single sleeve. So, but Black Sabbath, if you're a Black Sabbath collector, you got to go off, you got, you got to go for it. So if you, if you compare them to to the UK version, which one of, of them do you prefer when it comes to to the sound? I think I actually prefer the Fontana. Oh, and and uh, it's it's you know it's diff it's difficult to say why, but I think there's there's a little bit more bottom to the sound, mm-hmm. uh, and it's slightly um, I don't know it's 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 lighter in a way. Uh, it's uh-huh. it's it's a bit more defined, uh, the sound. But of course, the the UK original is is incredible, also. But uh, there's something about the Fontana that I just love. Um, I have two copies of it because the first one I got uh, was a little bit scratchy, not not you know not as 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 in in unplayable. But I, I found another copy that is perfectly clean and and very quiet. Uh, and that's the one I, I, I play the most. Uh, but it's it's a fun it's a fun thing to have if you're a Black Sabbath collector. I'm not really a Black Sabbath collector, but but this album is is really special to well to me and a lot of other people. I'm I'm sure. So from a collecting standpoint, which one is worth more? Because like if you're in Australia, those are probably a dime a dozen, so they're not really mm. that rare for Australians at the time but for the rest of the world they are so does that does that increase the value of that fontana version because it was only released in australia well the the the, the funny thing is that not a lot of people know about this release uh because when you collect black sabbath you will immediately go for the uk first pressing so that one is is the most expensive you know the highest value valued of these two uh, definitely um this is quite expensive record if if you find it in good condition and all but but most people will 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 seek up the the uk version 
the Fontana is uh, is sort of mid mid priced. I think I paid around fifty dollars for it uh, some years mm. ago. Uh, I don't know the value today, but it's still one of those hidden gems in a way. Uh, not many people have heard of this uh, or even aware that it uh, that it exists. You, you really got to know your your Black Sabbath to know this, and 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 most people don't because mm. they will they will they will find the uk version that's the one they go for so it's a good value also interesting if you find cool. it. yeah yeah all right good nice now another thing i'm going to show you this is uh we're into cover types here uh this is uh th this is a, a, a pet sounds uh, beach boys uh, album uh a, a danish pressing by the way but uh, that's not the the point of showing this this is a the the cover was made in America, uh, shipped to to Denmark and and packaged along with the with the vinyl pressed here. Uh, but if you if you see if you look closely here, you'll see a kind of a a, a flip edge around the whole the whole oh, yeah, uh, yeah. record here, mm -hmm. and yeah. and um, that is a special cover type that that the the most of the UK uh, companies and also American companies used. In the 60s, uh, I think they stopped doing this around 70. So if you find, uh, it's called a flip back cover. Uh, and it, it's, it's just a way that it's been glued together. Um, if, if you look at uh, a normal uh, record cover today or, or, or from the 70s or, or whatever, you'll see that the, that the flip back is inside, uh, inside here in the hole. But here it's sort of flipped. Uh, around the back of the album. Uh, so if, if you find, uh, let's say, a Beatles album or, uh, well, Beach Boys, Rolling Stones, whatever, with this flip side, you'll know that it's a very, it, it could be a very early pressing because it's, uh, they stopped doing mm. it in 1970. So, mm. uh, and now with the, uh, in the last uh, years or so with the vinyl resurgence, uh, a lot of uh, record companies have actually started doing this again on reissues. To, to actually to, to make it look uh, uh, what's what's the um, like all nostalgia the, and stuff yeah, yeah very nostalgic and also to, to make it look authentic in a way yeah but uh, on, yeah, on yeah. all the records with this you'll you're probably looking at a pre pre 1970 pressing for sure mm -hmm. is there a story behind that why, why they did it like that from I'm, from I'm not sure. Okay. I, I think I think no. in the sixties they were probably experimenting uh, experimenting with different kinds of, of covers, um, oh, uh, trying yeah. out different uh, layouts, and 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 maybe some some guy said, "Well, let's flip on the back. That they'll they'll hold the record much better." And maybe oh, okay. they they decided it was too expensive too expensive to do two different kinds of covers, and then mm -hmm. drop this idea. Or maybe they they found out that. It wasn't as as good as they thought, or I don't really know. It's 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 a label thing, you know, because labels uh, are the ones that that uh, decide how to sell their music uh, and how to package it. So I think it's EMI, Decca, uh, those kind of of um, of, of British uh, labels that that started doing this. So you, you'll see these uh, you'll see these types of, of sleeves on on sub labels. Uh, and labels that that EMI work with. This is a uh, Capitol Records in the United States, and they distributed EMI's uh, catalog in the states. 
right. and vice versa. Cool. So uh, yeah. Oh, so, nice. So I got some won't early find this pre- on on all '60s albums. Only uh, a, a few labels. All right. Yeah, I got a couple of those uh, Stones albums with with the. I I I was wondering why the hell is it made like this? Yeah, so and yeah. now I know. You'll definitely cool. find it on the old mono uh, mono pressings of Stones yeah. and Beatles records. They they yeah. most of them will will have that cover. Uh, mm. Yeah, because most of them were, were were you know printed in in in, in the UK or uh, some of them are in the states also. But yeah, cool. flip back covers. Flip back now, covers. I thought we should uh, go into Michael territory here a bit. <laughs> there we go. We know where this is going. <laughs> we we know where this is heading. Yeah, because uh, Michael, you you had some goods with you also. You had yeah yeah of course yeah. Do you want to show? You them? want me to? Yeah, of course. Hmm. Look at this. Oh yeah. Destroyer. What is this? Destroyer by Kiss. Destroyer. Of course. Go. But it's a different cover. It's a different cover. And it is. The, can you tell because I'm 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 holding the, the official version here. Mm. Released in seventy six. Yes. But Mike, tell us a bit about the uh the background. Th- this is the this is the resurrected and it was released. Oh I'm I'm bad with it. 2000 and like 12 I don't know 12 fish. something like that yeah the story goes that um Ken Kelly who did the cover art it's a painting that he did he didn't actually know that they changed their costumes so he he drew them from the costumes that they had on for alive the alive tour and uh, so he he did this cover art as as a um a first draft and when they saw it they oh it's 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 the wrong outfit so you have to redo it and and but now we know that's just uh, a thing that they said it's not true at all because mm. if you go with the facts why the hell would they tell Ken Kelly to draw them like this when they actually look like something different? If you hold up the the original Destroyer Soren there, you can see that it's a it's, you see it's a different outfit. Mm-hmm. So if you were to contact uh, an 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 art guy to do the, the cover art, you will hand him a photograph. Mm. The boys look like this. This is the band because he he never heard of them. No, so, and, and so. But I think and, one explanation might be that when he did that cover, uh, the mm-hmm. costumes weren't ready because uh, they they were in Europe during the mm-hmm. spring of of seventy six yeah. on the Destroyer yeah. tour after this record was released, but still wearing yeah. their alive uh, alive mm-hmm. outfit. And and yes. these uh, this outfit wasn't actually introduced until june or july of 76 mm-hmm. they were and now to for do, the first time in these and now start into the completely nerdy crap are you ready oh yeah yeah a friend of mine you know him they 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 did some research and it's painted in a in a different way 
in in a in a way that couldn't have been done in the 70s oh actually at all yeah tell us more they oh yeah uh it's done with a, a different kind of of thing it's not on canvas it's done with some i don't know the paint brushes and the strokes you know Carl Carl and Anders mm-hmm. uh, Carl and Alex mm. that they, they wrote a book yeah and and they did this on a loop they they tried it out and they interviewed Ken Kelly too and he has no relic- recollection of uh, how things in in detail happened oh which is also kind of funny hmm. so why wouldn't you it, it became one of the biggest rock and roll albums of all time and he has no recollection of speaking to the art director speaking to the the record label and so forth uh and he only goes with with the story that that uh Paul and Jean fed him that this is supposed to be the original one oh, so yeah. he painted it like this but as that's an uh reconstruction of the story oh i i am actually i'm 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 not i'm not going to vouch 110 percent for this but it's in alex and carl's book yeah. though yeah so they, they discuss this and and it's it's and a it's a it's a oh it's a nerdy level right there <laughs> but it's it's cool to have i, I think uh, another reason that it that it was actually uh, it was it was pulled again uh, that version is that the the label thought it was too violent yeah because you can see yes. burning cities and smoke and 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 whatnot yeah. and and yeah. In, in the uh, in the in in the later and and official it's kind of toned yeah. down a bit yeah so it doesn't mm. look you- like like and I have a reprint here oh. actually of the original and it's it's much darker than than the cover yeah. art and it's and it's signed by Ken Kelly oh, of course and this is one of those great stories that Phil Phil my buddy Phil <laughs> yeah. he was there in Las Vegas when we met Ken Kelly yeah. and I and me and a and a buddy of mine from Sweden Martin we we went there to the the Las Vegas mini golf and and Ken Kelly was there and Gene Simmons had his vault experience there and we were so like holy crap it's Ken Kelly man whoa whoa and Phil goes huh what what are you talking about it's Ken Kelly man he he did all the cool covers with with like he did Destroyer and he did Love Gun and he did like Phil I'm gonna ask you how many times have you heard Michael tell this story. Oh, it's been a it's been a couple Maybe times. Well, it's been a couple times. Yeah, couple times. but that that, yeah, that okay. was but, but that that was a, a fun experience talking with Ken Kelly and and. Do you still love me though? Oh right? yeah, <laughs> of course, of course. <laughs> yeah, and Ken Kelly, of course, also did Love Gun. Yeah, and uh, yes. this one. Oh, Rainbow! Oh my God, Rainbow Rising, also done by Ken you Kelly. See? But oh Ken my. Kelly, he used to do Conan the O'Brien. He's a uh, he's one of the comics uh, comic guys, actually. He used yeah, to do oh. comic book covers. Yeah. Uh, a really nice dude. Really nice dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah he's I, really I cool. Imagine. Yeah, yeah, real, real cool. But this is also the the fun bit about record covers that if you find a record cover you like, and and you'll you'll kind of look into who who's the artist behind this, and you'll actually yeah. you can discover what other albums they they did or maybe they've done 
completely different stuff. Uh, but yeah. that's that, that's one of the things I really like. That's investigate a little bit further than just the music. So, uh, yeah. and that's how I found out that Ken Kelly also did this because I I grew up with Destroyer and, and this record for many years yeah. without knowing the link. So uh, it's kind of a bit of a but nice that- touch. That was the stuff that caught your eye back in the day when mm. you were growing up and when you were like 12 or 13 years old. And you're looking at the covers. I remember, I mean, I saw Destroyer for the first time and I thought it was like epic. Mm. And, and you remember the Gatefold to Alive 2 mm. with, with the, the bombs and explosion and all that yeah. stuff. Yeah. I mean, those are the covers. I mean, the cover art, it's the, I mean, Buy buy a vinyl record with a white cover. Who cares? Yeah, I yeah. mean nobody would buy that except for Beatles fans. It's just a white cover. <laughs> no, I'm talking about real music here. Oh, uh, fuck. oh, burn. Oh, 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 black oh. albums. Black albums. Oh, the black albums. Yeah. Oh, oh God. Yeah. Don't, okay. Don't don't, don't, don't go on the black album. We don't. We yeah, don't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Friends don't let friends listen to the black album. I'm just saying. Oh. <laughs> I'm going to bring in a, a, another guy now yes. that uh, a lot of people Quickly. will know. Maybe not know him, but know his work. Uh, there's a guy called Roger Dean who did um, record covers for well, most of Yes, that old uh, English progressive rock band, Yes. He did most of their album covers. Now, I don't actually have any Yes albums right now, uh, but he also did this uh, Uriah Heap album. And he also right. did, uh, what's the name of the other Uriah Heap album he did? Never mind. It's a blue one, uh, I think. Mm-hmm. Well, he did this on the uh, magician's birthday. And uh, again, it's, it's one of those gatefold jobs where you get a full full picture oh. if you oh, if you kind of open the record. Mm-hmm. Now, Roger Dean is, um, is often hailed as one of those guys who, who, who painted progressive rock i mean he mm. his images are are so progressive rock ish that that um he he's sort of forever linked to that particular style of music yeah. uh, and even when they did uh, the movie avatar because because uh, one of his uh, things was drawing uh islands you know uh, uh islands in the sky like uh floating mm-hmm. islands uh, yeah. And if you look at the Avatar movie, you'll have a lot of those images of small islands floating around uh, in space or whatever, wherever they are in Avatar. I don't yeah. know, and I don't care. But but uh, <laughs> but Roger Dean actually sued sued the the, the company who who made the film because it, oh, he wow. felt ripped off uh, that it, these were actually his ideas that they put into the film. Uh, oh, so cool. that's a, a fun, a fun thing. But another cover that Roger Dean also did, which is not uh, a Yes cover, was this uh, a band called Pato. Now, oh, okay. I think I've only listened to this a couple of times uh, for a long time, a long time ago. But it's kind of a very seventies uh, sort of uh, psychedelic rock uh, type of thing. But but the the album cover here is is a bit special because it opens up. Like this. <laughs> oh, so man. it's one of those dolls that you can dress. Yeah. And, and oh, you wow. Can take away two of them and then <laughs> put clothes on them and, and, you know, and then change your head and, and, and feet and all. But it's kind of a, it's, it's one of those gimmick covers that I, that I kind of, uh, that I quite like. 
So, uh, well, Pat, it's funny because you, you never see that nowadays. No. Sorry, with, with artists, you know, never see that nowadays. No, no, with, with new artists. No, I think record covers used to be such a playground uh, yeah. back in the day. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. all kind of creative idea were just were just implemented uh, straight on. Look at the Alice Cooper covers that we also talked about the last time. Yeah. That, that there yeah. are so many fun uh, ideas of packaging music that you don't yeah. rarely see nowadays. Mm -hmm. uh, another one, of course, when we're talking about gimmick covers, uh, this one, uh, of course, <laughs> Twisted, Sisters. Twisted Sisters, with this, <laughs> yeah. this uh, uh, what Opening is it, a uh, manhole cover, I think, that <laughs> opens up here in, in D. Snyder. So you rarely see these kinds of things today because, of course, they're expensive no. to, to make. And, and you yeah. got to know that you can sell a lot of records to, uh, to, you know, to, to spend this kind of money on packaging. But uh, yeah. they could back in the 70s and 80s. Those okay. were the days, man. Those were the days. Yeah. Those were the days. Okay. Uh, a little fun thing here because uh, some shows ago I, I, I was on and I talked about my favorite album covers and, uh, you know, favorite albums. Uh, and I mentioned a band mm -hmm. called Jethro Tull. Uh, mm -hmm. I'm going to do another example here because this is the 1974 War Child uh, album, and there's nothing special about this album cover at all. Uh, it's kind of a superimposed uh, photo here of, of Ian Anderson and the skyline. This is Melbourne skyline, I think, in the background here. Nothing special. It'll look like this on any pressing in the world. There will be no difference, except, of course, in uh, 1980, Uh, it was uh, repressed in France. But something happened. I don't know. I, I actually don't know the true story about this, but I can imagine that something happened in, in the print shop because this is what the uh, 1980 <laughs> reissue looked like. Uh, it, same track list. And, uh, you know, there's no difference. Only the album cover is completely different to anywhere else in the world. So uh, oh. this is uh, this is also one of those albums that are quite rare to find. Uh, you won't just you know you you won't find this in any crate. Um, but it, it's a fun thing to know. But if you find it, you'll know the story behind it. Cool. Uh, There you go. So the uh, French 1980 pressing. Okay. Now I'm going to do. We're talking about black albums just before. Mm -hmm. uh, this mm -hmm. is a black a black album. But it's not the Black album. It's Back in Black. Oh, by there we go. Yes. Oh, yeah. The classic. I have this a classic album. One of the most, you know, one of the records in the world that has sold the most copies. It's, it's beyond belief. Uh, yeah. This is the American pressing, the first American pressing. And you'll see, I think you can be able to see this. So it has a, a, an embossed cover here. Mm -hmm, uh, yep. Kind of a, a 3D effect, and of course, back in black, written in black. Here, uh, this is what 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 the record will look like to to most people. Now, the uh, the Australian first release, because of course it was released in Australia, also ACDC being from Australia. Uh, but this actually has a blue, kind of a bluish, purplish, light purplish color, and black back in black, written in silver, and no uh, embossed effect. effect. Oh, uh, interesting. Of course, um, ACDC was was signed to Albert Productions in Australia. So when you look at the uh, cover, you'll see the 
album, uh, album, Albert Productions uh, label, of course. And in mm. America, they were on Transatlantic, and and anywhere else in in Europe and in UK, they were on Transatlantic. So the label would look like this. So oh. you have the same album put out the same year in two different parts of the world, and they they look different. Uh, mm-hmm. They don't sound much different, but uh, still. I think the uh, the American pressing is is the best. That's mm-hmm. incredible. That's that's strange because uh, I have some Australian pressings with with, with early uh, ACDs and mm. and they're like quite different. I mean, the cover art is completely different yeah. to the European ones. Yeah, but th- this is sort of like the same thing. It's only with a silver logo with the title and so forth. Yeah, and, hmm, I think strange. the. Uh, I'm not. I'm not really big on ACDC, but I think the first four or five albums were released in Australia mm. with with completely different covers. Yeah. Um, yes. And I think up until up until about Highway to Hell, maybe mm-hmm. and onwards, mm. they were more or less the same uh, record covers all over. Yeah. But the yeah, yeah. the first uh, and the, oh, I also think they had a different mix. Um, yeah. The oh, the Highway to Hell has an Australian cover, which is. Uh, somewhat different. Yeah, too. maybe also different track lists, and you know there are yeah, there, there are various differences between the pressings. So mm-hmm. if you're an ACDC collector, you need to look up the Australian uh, originals as well because oh, you'll yeah. get something extra. Extra. Mm-hmm. I'm seeing a pattern here with Australia. They like they they don't like to play nice with the rest of the world. They got to do things differently. <laughs> they got all these different covers. You know, it's yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a bit like Japan. They also put yeah. a lot of extra stuff in their records just yeah. to annoy mm-hmm. us. And to ruin us. <laughs> Just to ruin yes. us. <laughs> Damn <Okay>. you! <laughs> now, uh, I think we also talked a bit about first pressings and original releases and, and that sort of mm-hmm. stuff uh, on the last episode. Because, but I have another, um, another uh, example here. One of the great albums of rock history, the first Doors mm-hmm. album from oh, yes. 1967. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, they were, they were released... Uh, on um, Electra Records in, in the United States. Now I don't have a first pressing of uh, of that album. Uh, I have only this and and uh, some reissues as well. But this is the French. Uh, we're going to France again here. But this is the French uh, release of the album, and it it wasn't released on Decca uh, because Decca apparently didn't have a, a distribution deal in in France. So uh, a label called Vogue Records, uh, Disc Vogue, they called, uh, uh, got the rights to um, to uh, to release this record on 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 license in in France. Oh. Uh, and now, actually, this also has the flip back cover. I just noticed that. So we are oh, it does. here. Oh, that's oh, a nice right. touch. I didn't know that. <laughs> uh, but also, if if you know the the Electra label, they also have a. They usually have this bronze, bronzy kind of tan uh, label. But this is a pink disc Vogue oh. label. Here oh, was the very first Doors album, and this is is a first pressing as well uh, as an American first pressing is. We talked about what defines a first pressing. Uh, this mm-hmm. is the first French pressing. Uh, made probably from the same master tapes and that they used in in American uh, everywhere else. Uh, it's just mm-hmm. on a different label and it just looks a bit different. But it's a first pressing as well. Uh, mm. Also, one of those albums that's quite 
I'm not saying it, it'll ruin you, but uh, it's 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 getting quite it's rare and and getting quite expensive. Uh, this most of my records, I've been fortunate enough to find for you know cheap, not cheap, mm. but reasonable prices. <laughs> I'm not going to pay a lot of money for for records, so uh, sometimes I'm lucky out there. Cool. Oh, okay. Another thing, I got, we're talking about censorship. We, mm-hmm. we we talked about uh, the uh, destroyer that the yeah. the um, the record company thought it was too violent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, uh, the first release. Well, another one that kind of got the same treatment is uh, well, most I think we're gonna we're gonna do a, a service here for the American audience. This is of course Thin Lizzy's fighting. Now, uh, if you're an American. Uh, you'll probably know this record uh, with this with this picture on it. Uh, iconic, great album, iconic sleeve and all that. But the original UK um, UK release looked like this. There and, we go. And they kind of on the American, they look very nice, don't they? <laughs> Relaxed, nice, and here they're just ready to fight. Uh, so Phil Lynott's got this uh, baseball bat, I think it is, and and and. Uh, He's holding an iron rod or or, or something, <laughs> and he's. Uh, I think Brian Downey is holding a knife here, uh, but the record company in the in the states thought uh, uh, Mercury Records thought this was a bit too much. We're not going to market Thin Lee uh, Thin Lizzy as a violent group, uh, so they changed the uh, the record cover for the American market. <laughs> Don't know why, but nice clean. This one is much cooler. Yes. It is. It is. Now I have I have two things left, uh, mm-hmm. and we're gonna we're gonna end on a high note. I think. Oh, cool! Sweet. So mm-hmm. uh, when you when you're out digging, uh, you'll probably you'll very often. I'm not saying probably. You will always find albums that are kind of well, they're kind of violated. Let's just say they're kind of violated <laughs> because you might find it has. Oh, uh, a cut, or 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 maybe a uh, a hole. Yeah, punched through the uh, through the sleeve. Mm-hmm. Or the worst example I have is actually a hole punched through the record on the actual label in the middle. I've seen that. Oh, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna show you because you you won't be able to fall asleep tonight if you see this. Oh man! But <laughs> this. This is called uh, a deletion cut, uh, or a saw cut, or you know, it, ha- it has various various names. But what it is, when uh, when when record companies uh, did did records, sometimes they made too many records. They made more records than they could actually sell. Uh, so, uh, and it was very very uh, common that that uh, record stores would just uh, return all the records they couldn't sell to the to the record companies which in some cases ended up with the record companies having huge uh, storage problems with uh, millions of records being returned and and just nobody wanted to buy them so what they did is uh, they they said to the shops uh, well you can have these records to sell uh, at a cheaper price so you'll you'll pay less for them you can sell them cheaper to the customers, but you won't be able to return them to the uh, to the label. 
uh, and and that was quite a good deal because uh, you could still buy the records in the shops, but you would probably find them in the in the cheap section all of a sudden. Uh, so uh, so this cut actually means that the record store couldn't return them, and uh, oh. you'll find a lot of these in Europe because a lot of companies shipped records to Europe on, on those conditions that they they couldn't return them, buy them cheaply. But don't return them. So that's why you'll you'll find these deletion cuts uh, on many many albums, uh, U.S. pressings uh, for the most. Uh, you'll you'll see them in shops all over the world probably. Uh, but a, a lot of shops in Europe have these uh, American pressings with horrible, 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 horrible stuff. Oh, horrible! Stuff. Got chills. That's Ugh. just yeah. that's just all kinds are wrong. Yeah, it's all it kinds is. are wrong. Well, they, we shouldn't they, they be don't doing actually, that. They don't bother me that much. Uh, I, I think, I, I mean, I, I immediately know when I see this that it's an American pressing. I mean, nine out of ten, it's it's a it's an American pressing. Uh, so I know, kind of know straight away that uh, it's not a European pressing anyway. So if you're looking for American pressings, it's a it's a good uh, it's a, it's a, it's, a, it's a telltale sign, definitely. I don't I don't buy those uh, unless they're in the dollar bin. I, no, I don't. I, mean, I don't. They often are. They often yeah, are. yeah, yeah. So um, okay, are you ready for uh, what I have? You know, I've chosen this to be the the last, the the grand the finale, the grand the finale. Grand finale. Mm-hmm. Let's do it. One of my one of my favorite albums. One of my favorite album covers for sure. Now this is uh, "Schools Out" <laughs> by Al- yeah. Alice Cooper, and as I mentioned before. Mm-hmm. All these creative record covers—they were huge in the seventies. They were just playing mm-hmm. around with with anything. Uh, and Alice Cooper was was just—he was the perfect guy for having these weird record covers um, with his, you know, his persona and his music and all that. Everything just fitted perfectly. So this is a—it's a, 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 at a glance, at a first glance here, this looks like a school desk. That's what it's meant to be. But of course, mm-hmm. the school desk can open. Like a, a normal school disc. Mm-hmm. Oh, and I I almost gave away the the bonus here. I'll just keep that. So, uh, and in inside you'll see things that you usually find in in any kid's uh, school <laughs> school drawer in the seventies. <laughs> and and on the back side here, you can actually flip down what is then supposed to be legs. Yeah, you see. So it has mm. desk legs, and you can open. You can open the the lid here, but of course the actual album uh, is is uh, packed in a pair of pantyhoses <laughs> made of paper. Uh, that's all. Uh, so that was the real gimmick. Uh, the yeah. real gimmick. Those are the these panties here, and and I think they, I, I think they were released in in different colors. Maybe some were, you know, bluish or green or whatever. This this is pink, I think. Mm-hmm. It used to be anyway. Uh, so, so the actual it, it, it's hell taking the album out because you 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 fear that you ruin the the knickers because of course <laughs> the album in itself is is not really one of those incredibly expensive albums. But of course, if you have the original pennies, that will raise the prices mm. a lot. Yeah. And and uh, I've seen them, but most of them are ripped, and and some of them, of course, are gone uh, for, for many years ago. But mm. this one is intact, so uh, I'm I'm quite pleased with this. Cool. A fun fact, though, 
it is a real, a real school bench. You know that, right? Oh yeah, yeah. It's it's it's, it's yeah. a photograph school bench. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. because it's at the the Hard Rock Cafe in Las Vegas. Oh, is so it? I've seen it in real. Cool. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Cool. So it had all those carvings and so forth, and they yeah. just took a picture of it, and it's it hangs there on the wall. Great. Yes. It, it, there's so. uh, that's a <clears throat> looks like an Alice Cooper tattoo here. Yeah. The where the name spills out. Yeah. Oh, incredible! I didn't yeah. know that it it, it it I didn't know it it, uh, it still exists, but I'm glad yeah. it does. Yeah. Great. Great. It is. So, I mean, I've showed. Tons of records, tons of albums, yeah. and I'm, I, I could go on for the whole night. <laughs> but I, I hope that that I hope that people will understand or, or, or get this that there are so many things, different things to look at, and yeah. and just because you find one album doesn't mean it's it's the it's the only version. You know, there might be oh. five, ten other versions of, mm. of, of of any album. So if you really need or if you really want to collect, you're going to search these things up. And and uh, do your own research and yeah. uh, go online, go on Discogs. It's a great place to to find different releases uh, of albums, um, and 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 look up all the strange stuff. Um, so um, yeah, this is yeah, and one of the things that makes buy, that makes vinyl collecting so fun. Yeah, and buy music that you love, and buy album covers that you think are cool. First and, and foremost, maybe, yeah, yeah. And maybe the music is also. Yeah. But it, if you're going in depth, like Soren and and me, go to Discogs and and or DM us for crying out loud. Yeah. And we'll tell Always. you. So we got like multiple copies of of all <laughs> kinds of crap. That was a good point you made there, Michael. Uh, never yeah. buy music you don't like. No, yeah. of course. There is no reason to buy music you don't like. No. No. Exactly. Just before because. Other people think it's cool. Yeah. So, yeah. So don't buy. No, I'm not going to go there. <laughs> <laughs> but it's been a great. It's been great. It, yeah, yeah, it has. That was Cause, awesome. Because it's. I get a lot of of uh, DMs w- with people going, "How how did you collect all those vinyl records?" Because I show them on Instagram. I've been doing this for mm. for some years now, and it's it's all sort of like I started out with with stuff that I really love. And I, and I started like with the history of that album, mm. and I then backtracked if if there was albums before released, mm. and I bought those too. And then it it all came along, and it, it moved from there. And and yeah. I found out like printings, different printings, pressing plans, uh, like like you said w- with. Um, with um, matrix numbers and and so forth, and and you get to learn all the stuff mm. as you go along. Mm. But foremost, buy records that you love, and Absolutely. everything with resolve yeah. itself in the end. So. I think all that all that talk about matrix numbers and all that that that's kind of that's next level. Yeah, <laughs> you know? it is. It is. Start, mm-hmm. start off by finding music you like, and, yeah. and if you like how it sounds, the the album, then it's probably very good for you. Yeah, uh, but if you if you want to seek out multiple copies, if you want to uh, seek out copies from different parts of the world, mm-hmm. um, uh, go ahead. Uh, it's, yeah. it's you will never uh, be finished. You know there will no. always be an album more for you out there. Mm-hmm. So yeah. That's just the way it is. 
Yes, cool. definitely. Thank you so much, Soren. Yeah, thanks, Soren. That was great. awesome. That, that was a lot Thank of fun. You. Thank yeah. you. All right. And with that, we'll see you guys next week. And until then, later. 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 This has been Sounds on Vinyl. For extended show notes, playlists, videos, and episode collections, visit soundsonvinyl.com. Sounds on Vinyl is produced by Boosehound Entertainment in cooperation with Boosehound Music. Thanks for listening and for all your motherfucking support. <laughs>